it's the next level. I ask for no forgiveness, Father. For I have not sinned. I have only done what I needed to do to survive. A small boy once asked me if I was a bad man. If I could answer him now, I would tell him that when I was a young boy, I killed a man to save my brother's life. I am not sorry for this. I am proud of this. I did not ask for the life that I was given. But it was given, nonetheless. And with it, I did my best. You speak to me as if I were your brother. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue our journey into the third season of the series. I'm Ben. And I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Kristen. (laughs) This week we dive deeper into season three, this time with episode five, The Cost of Living. Ben, I've missed you, buddy. I have missed you too, and I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like we need uh, a short, not that we need to explain anything, but I feel like we owe the listeners a a little bit of an explanation as to why we've been gone for the past couple weeks. So two Uh, weeks ago, it was my fault because (laughs) (laughs) Hurricane Dorian came to visit us. Luckily, we're fine. It's not like Hurricane Florence from last year, but we did end up evacuating just for a couple of days. So, and it happened to coincide with our recording schedule. And I said, I'll catch you next week. And yeah. then. And then it happened to be my fault as <laughs> I had a really, really bad allergic reaction to something that put me in a load of discomfort and pain for about a week. And it wasn't until about two days ago that it finally subsided and my life is getting back to normal. I mean, I, I did nothing for a week. I didn't work. I didn't podcast. I didn't uh, I, I barely watched stuff on TV just because I could not concentrate on anything. So it was 
it was bad. It was it was really bad. But I'm I'm glad that it's gone. It subsided, and uh, we're back to business because I I miss doing this with you. I know. Well, I was telling you earlier that when I sat down to watch, I had to actually go into our feed and see what episode we did last because. In my Hulu, you know, it says what episode is next. And I said, this doesn't seem right. And then I I went up to the previous episode and it said the cost of living and it was about Echo. And I'm like, have we talked about this episode? I can't, I literally can't remember because we've talked about <laughs> Echo dying a couple of times in the past. And and I just, I just could not get it through my head. I said, I think the last time we talked, the last time we recorded, I think we talked about Of Mice and Men. And this episode, they talk about To Kill a Mockingbird, which is my <laughs> like one of my favorite all-time books as well. And so I'm just like, I know I said my all-time favorite book. Which one was it for? Was it for this one or that? I'm Seriously, like. And finally, I said, you know, whatever, we're going to watch Echo die again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I before we continue on, I just want to say real quick to all the listeners, thank you for the comments on Facebook and the emails, uh, letting us know to, you know, that you missed us and that we, we hope we come back soon. And of course, um, you know, keeping Kristen in their thoughts during the hurricane, because we did post that on Facebook that the hurricane kind of caused us last week to to not have to record. So uh, thank you to all the listeners for for your concerns and such. Um, but we're happy to be back. We're very happy. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is the first time hearing about that. Well, because you're not on Facebook anymore. I am not on Facebook. So and I didn't want to. It wanna, feels real good. Yeah. Well, trust me, there have been times I've thought about it. But between like monitoring this this uh this podcast network and everything i just it's impossible for me to jump completely off social media which sucks but i'm kind of locked in for the time being <laughs> locked <laughs> that was a total pun i did not see coming <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right yeah uh so yeah episode five the cost of living uh quick word Obviously, if you are listening to us for the first time, this is a spoiler full podcast. Uh, that is the format of the podcast. So you're going to hear us talk about things from the past of the series as well as the future of the series as we talk about each episode. But with that said, uh, let's talk about the episode. Um, yes, let's do that. And I would like to st- I, I don't want to start with Echo today. Sure. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and start. <laughs> <laughs> no, I usually turn it over to you anyway, so go for it. I want to start off and talk about Locke's leadership because I think that it was really great to see a different way to lead the group in this episode. Locke inviting anybody to join him, and it's so it was so telling of kind of the environment that they've been living in since they've crashed onto the island because it was like, it was almost like the record stopped, like, and everybody just looks at Locke, like, wait a minute, what do you mean anybody it, can it, come? It's a free island, Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> and and it turns out that by Locke opening up, you know, people to come with them and to join their group you know, had he not done that and it had just been Locke and Desmond and Saeed, they never would have had Nikki's suggestion about why don't we try and patch, why don't we try and look at the other uh, monitors in the other stations? Yeah. Uh, Because she watched the video. And 
all three of them were like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So, you know, by staying insular the way that Jack has, you know, well, usually Jack goes off and he does whatever he wants and he comes back and tells us about it. Well, with that mentality gone and kind of a everybody gets a voice um, uh, process, they found a new way to look into other stations or the others. And it just gave them fresh eyes and a fresh look. And I just, I really, really enjoy that about Locke's leadership because he's so positive and he's so inclusive. And he's he's also has his mojo back. So he's, you know, happier and freer and whatnot. So what do you think about that? No, I completely agree. And I'm glad you used the words fresh eyes because that's exactly the words I was thinking as you were describing all of that. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's just like a good writer anytime like they're writing something and they get stuck. They they let somebody proofread it who's never read it before because it gives them a fresh eyes perspective. And mm-hmm. I know I, I know we've kind of downed at least I have uh, the whole Nikki and Paolo aspect, but it really is something that really came in handy when it came to, I mean, we've met them already, but this in, in essence is probably the first real introduction we're getting of Nikki and Paolo. They're not just background characters anymore. They're kind of bringing them into the fold at this point. It's not for very long, but we, we do, we, we are getting a better introduction to them. And, One of the things I did forget on this episode as I was rewatching it is there are seeds planted to their story dropped within this episode. One in particular with with Paolo using the using the bathroom in the hatch. Um, That's you don't realize it yet at this point as a first time viewer. But that is something that actually ends up coming back a little bit later in a couple episodes is that particular moment. But you're right. I'm, I'm glad that. Locke has kind of adapted a, I don't want to say an anything goes kind of attitude because that's not what it is. It's, but, you know, allowing other people to be involved that who aren't usually involved. So, and it's that fresh eyes aspect that you mentioned because you're right. And Jack, while, and I don't want this to come across as a Jack's the worst kind of thing, but why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Jack. I mean, please go on. Yes, you're right. But Jack really does have a close minded kind of leadership. There are only certain people that he really trusts. And even to a certain degree, I would even question his trustworthiness of those people because he still well, puts himself so above that everybody. You say that. It's so interesting that you say that because. If anybody is going to have trust issues on the island, it's luck. Yeah. <laughs> and yet he's still like, yeah, man, come on. Everybody gets to come. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, it, I, 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 I'm glad that you you kicked us off with that one because that was actually something I really enjoyed about this episode, too. And it just further further drives my about Locke being one of my 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 top three favorite characters of this episode he's great yeah and I you know what I get it that you know I think that in I'm gonna get like real meta here but like in life we are either Jack or we're Locke you know and I think that we could go and ebb and flow through both of the characters but they're so distinctly different and they're so opposite of each other that 
you can see that there are people that are going to just be attracted to Locke's character because they see a lot of themselves in Locke and vice versa with Jack. And it's just, it kind of just depends on your personality and it, it depends on um, just what what you value maybe. I don't know. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see, if, to turn that over to the listeners and just be like, you know, if you are a Jack fan or you're a Locke fan, like state your case. Like what what is it about each character that draws you to that character rather than the other? Because they are so opposite. I mean, I find myself, if Locke is down and Jack is up, I'm like, oh, well, Jack is displaying those qualities in Locke that Locke seems to have lost. So I'll jump over to Jack for a little bit. But it's all about the qualities and it's not about their actual like... I don't know. No, it, I don't know. It, it, I'm getting it, away from myself. No, I think. but it, but it totally makes sense. I mean, because if you think about further into the season, uh, to the series rather, I think probably we're in season three. So by the end of season four, into seasons five and six, we, we get I, I, what we've called in the past as a lock version 2.0. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which is a total. I don't want to say a totally different version of the lock that we know now. The lock that we know now is the lock in the purest form that we're going to get it. Um, and it, the lock that we get version 2.0 is a little bit different. And if there's ever a time in this series, thinking back at it, that I might have flopped sides between Jack and Locke, I think Locke version one, I sided more with Locke most of the time. 90% of the time I sided with Locke. It's not until a little bit later on in the series when we get Locke version 2.0 and we get a little bit different side of Jack that I think I might have sided with Jack more towards the end of the series. Because mm-hmm. the role well, has kind of a reverse. fundamental change. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So and I don't think we're far off of that change either. Um, I think by the end of season four is when we start to really get that change in Jack. Mm hmm. We have to go back. Yeah, that's it. That's the switch that's flipped. <laughs> um, and which we don't get that big reveal until the end of this season. So it's yeah. it, it, that transformation begins um, next season. That's when we start seeing that switch with Jack uh, and, mm-hmm. and his character. So um, I want to keep things going with Jack, though, uh, and not well, okay. not with not with Jack, but with. Well, yeah, but with Jack, but I meaning I don't want to dive into Echo just yet. Um, kind of how he dove into the ground. Um, that, was, that was so wrong. Uh, but I, I want to talk a little bit about Juliet and Jack and Juliet's love actually moment of <laughs> <laughs> of the of the episode. Um, you know, because there's a lot going on there. We see. You know, Jack basically call out Ben and for the first time, he kind of gets a leg up on Ben because he plays Ben. He totally plays Ben. You know, he sees these x-rays a couple episodes ago, if not last episode with Colleen, with Colleen's death. Um, he He's never told whose x-rays they are. He assumes that they're Ben's. He plays on that ass- uh, assumption and he plays right. I mean, we as viewers know that they're Ben's x-rays, but at this point, it's not revealed whose x-rays they are until Jack calls him out on it and questions him about it. And there's that moment with, you know, with Juliet and Ben at Colleen's funeral when he says, like, why did you tell them 
why did you tell him they were my x-rays? And she's like, I didn't, but I'm assuming you did. You know, Jack played Ben. He totally played Ben in that moment. Hmm. Do you, I mean, do you agree I or disagree? A, I ha- well, I had it written down that I thought maybe Ben, this was Ben's plan all along. I, and I only say it because they have Sawyer and Kate, and they were clearly going to use one of them to get to Jack. Now, Colleen being shot may have been a happy accident to get Jack in a surgical room where they had the tumor x-rays just up, right? Mm -hmm. So what if the original plan was that it was supposed to be Sawyer on the table or Kate on the table that they said, oh, Jack, we need your help on this. And as he was scrubbing in, that was when those x-rays were going to be, quote unquote, left up by accident. Right. But this just moved the plans in a different direction because I don't think I I just don't think that there's a way to break Jack into wanting to help Ben. But Jack wanting to fix a problem has always kind of been his weakness. So do you think that maybe this I don't know. I yeah. Well, okay. I could see that though. I mean, I could see that babe being this was the plan all along, but it just because of Colleen getting shot, it just happened sooner than they expected. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning when Ben asked Juliet, "Why did you tell them they were my X-rays?" It, in essence, the longer version of that silent conversation was or what was left unsaid in that conversation was that wasn't supposed to happen for a while. Or it was Ben doesn't trust Juliet because he's been watching them and maybe he's starting to play Juliet as well. I mean, he's he's a weird character, man. I know and I love it. <laughs> like yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's one of the most intriguing characters that this that this series sees. And um you know, it's funny too because I, you know, we get that whole moment at the in the series finale of the episode. I know I'm jumping way ahead uh, with Ben and his ultimate decision, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, and I, I actually had a conversation with a friend. We were talking about TV series. I'm, I'm going a little off the topic for a minute, second, but we were talking about TV series and their endings and what they mean and and what they set up. And we we ended up talking about cheers and how, you know, um, the lights just turn off on the bar. We talked about quantum leap and how Sam Beckett decides to keep leaping once the show ends, uh, you know, and lost came up and how uh, m- my friend had mentioned how he didn't like the, the seer, the last season of the series because it was, the writers didn't keep their promise that it wasn't purgatory. And I had to, again, anytime that I hear people say the, the, the writers were lying, it was purgatory the whole time. I, like a switch flips in me and I go on the defense of the <laughs> series every time. It's one of the reasons why some of my close friends will never talk lost with me because they know it just flips a switch with me. And I automatically go on the defense of the show in that you think if you think it was purgatory, you didn't understand the series. Um, yeah, and you yeah. miss. Well, that's going to be that's me in Game of Thrones, except the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody wants to tell me it's good, I want to 
shove their face in poop. <laughs> well, you were ruined by the last <laughs> season of the show, just as people were lost on this too. But I can see the point that you come from. That I, was a legitimately terrible ending. I agree with you. Okay, I'm getting ahead of I know. myself. Excuse um, my excuse my emotional outburst. You know, but and, and <laughs> we'll get into this more when we actually get to the series finale of the episode because there's a key line that is said in that episode that anytime anybody says to me the writers lied it was purgatory the whole time i'm like you missed a very key line in that episode that if you heard that line you would not be thinking this and it's funny because uh, some of the times i do turn people around and i get them to actually either listen to us or go back and rewatch the 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 last episode um, like steve brown like steve brown exactly he's coming around he is. he's coming around he's get- we're working on him we're slowly chipping away <laughs> on that block but we're getting there but <clears throat> I don't remember. Hi, Steve. Wh- I don't remember why I went into this point. Oh, talking about Ben and and the di- and the reasons for his character and and everything. Yeah, I, I, that was a total tangent. I don't even know why I went that way. Because I think That's it just because okay. it it's been two weeks and it kind of popped into my head. It's because we've missed each other, and this is the direction of our of of our regular conversations. So why not just record it and give it to everybody else, a, right? Exactly. But I mean, it's going back to the whole the whole conversation with Ben and Juliet. You're probably I think there's a degree that you could be right too. Maybe I was looking at it the wrong way in that Jack played Ben, but this was just Ben's plan all along. I mean, because I mean, Jack even brings it up last week when he or last episode when he says, you know, somebody there's somebody here with a a aggressive tumor on their back. And I just happen to be a spinal surgeon. You know, I think you're right. I think this was part of Ben's plan all along. And this might have been a hiccup in the plan, but it's still part of the plan. Mm hmm. Right, right, exactly. It's still part of the plan. He it was just modified by a sociopath who's real good at go, you know deceiving everybody on the fly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I brought up the whole Juliet thing, and we haven't even talked about that yet. Uh, it's tough to gauge, and this is where one of the challenges comes in of being a spoiler full podcast because. You know, we we are entering into this already knowing what has happened with the series and Juliet's character. But I'm curious if this is something you can remember as a first time viewer. Did you believe Juliet and the the notes that she was giving Jack or was this something that you even still questioned at the time? I, you know what? I immediately liked Juliet the first time I saw this series. Immediately liked her. I, so I believed her. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that. Do you feel differently? No, I don't. I actually did kind of trust her. And I think it's, it's one of the reasons why I think, I think a majority, a good portion of the reason as to why I trusted her immediately is because of they were kind of already dropping hints that Juliet was against Ben. And when you see Ben as as terrible and as notoriously evil as a character as he's coming across, it's very easy to see anybody who's against him as an ally. Like it's an automatic acceptance that you kind of mm-hmm. accept them as somebody who's who I mean and the enemy the enemy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. Um yeah. And 
while we do know that Juliet does become trustworthy, she becomes part of the group. She ends up going back to the beach with Jack in, in time. Um, and obviously everything with the time travel and her and Sawyer, we become big fans of Juliet's character. But looking at this now, the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend and being and it being very easy to trust Juliet because she's against somebody dynamically different like Ben it would have been very interesting had the writers actually toyed with that idea a little bit and made you believe she was an ally when she really wasn't. They could have very easily went that route with a character like Juliet. Yeah, 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 they could have, but there's been so much misdirection on this show that I think it's okay to have some characters just be who they are at face value. You know, because after a while... If you have too much misdirection, if you have too much backstabbing, then you never trust the story and then you don't trust you don't trust the show anymore to like be anything that you want it to be. I know that you know Game of Thrones flirted with that line a lot was, you know, all these characters that you thought were okay and then they flipped on a dime. The, yeah, the the know? story becomes kind of convoluted at that point. Right. Yes. The perfect word. Thank you. I have clearly haven't had enough coffee. For anybody that's listening right now, it's still pretty early in the morning for yes. us. <laughs> yes, it is. Um so, Yeah, the story becomes very convoluted at that point, uh, when you don't have when you don't have characters that you can take at face value, as you mentioned. Yeah, you need characters that you could trust. You know? I mean if if, if you don't have characters that you could trust and and it it, it yeah, the, the the story will fall. Yeah, I agree with I so. agree with that. Um, can we talk for a second about the cult like white oh, tunics? Sure, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so so first of all, when he shows up in that in that white tunic, when Ben shows up in that white tunic, he's like, Let's go for a walk. I'm like, alert, alert, Bert, 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 Bert. <laughs> And so, so he goes, and then he lays out the white tunic. He's like, "Why don't you put this on?" I'm like, "Don't put it on." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I realized it was just a Viking funeral that they were all going to. But there was no way I, I like if I was in Jack's shoes that I would ever put that fucking thing on. I'd be like, "No, no, not even no." The answer is no. Go fuck yourself. Very much goodbye. <laughs> like I <laughs> well, even even and then, and then they walk through the woods, and all these random people are walking by in the same white tunics with with torches and i just i would just be like listen my my hair is standing up on the back of my neck i don't think i should be here right now well, I, I just love jack's response to that too when he's talking to juliet and he's like he even gave me a new shirt like <laughs> it's a, you're right there's there, it's a it's it's a cult it's a very cult feeling and not like not like oh they're totally having a ritual yeah. too you know i mean granted it's a funeral but you show up and there's like this pyre and there's a body there and then there's all these everybody's in the same outfit they're all in white white linen tunic scrub looking outfits <laughs> and then music starts playing like i don't care that it's contemporary music i don't care that it's really a funeral I would jump into the ocean and start swimming. <laughs> like it would just be, I gotta get out of here right now. Well, didn't the guy standing behind Jack have a gun? 
I think the guy standing behind Jack had a, had a rifle. Oh, so I don't, okay. I See? don't, I don't I know if that was a, that. if that would have been a good move for Jack to just jump into the water uh, and start swimming away. Um, well, let me tell you something. They were not going to kill the spinal surgeon. That's true. That's very true. They weren't going to because if he was part of the plan, then they weren't going to let him go. So that would have been fun to see what they would have done if Jack had attempted escape well, you, with well, how important Jack was to Ben. And Jack knows how important yeah. he is to Ben. And he and he told him that before they even left Jack's cell. Yeah, that would have been a really fun little aside to do. Like if Jack was like, I'm going to run and see what happens. See, Sawyer would have done that. Oh, if Sawyer knew how important he was to that group, yeah, he would have absolutely taken the chance. And right. that, and, and I mean, he punched people just to see who 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 had skills. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the raptor on the the raptor testing the fence. I still love that analogy that I that we used a couple episodes ago. He's the raptor testing. I the forgot fence. about that. <laughs> well, so I went on. Um, I went on the Lost Wiki page, and it turns out that what that was was a Hindi type of funeral uh, ceremony. So I guess, and I know nothing about Hinduism, so please don't, you know, email me and tell me that I'm, you know, really dumb. But it, I only read one sentence, and it said that it those white tunics and just kind of like the whole funeral scene was very very reminiscent of hinduism okay which <sighs> which makes sense because they're very namaste yeah. you know dharma initiative kind of group of people yeah very eastern that was actually i'm glad you uh philosophy i'm glad you said namaste because that was actually one of the things i was just gonna say like that seems it seems to fit what we kind of already know about this group in some right. ways um, I, I, I don't know if you had anything else to make any other notes to make about that point. Uh, um, well, not, not as far as the tunics. Okay. Go, Cause I, I, I kind of wanted to take a step backwards again, um, and, okay. and jump back to the, the Juliet, uh, Jack scene with the television. Um, and, but I want to stay away from, from the notes on it. Uh, from her holding up the cards. And I, I want to turn this, I'm kind of bringing this up to turn this over to you to see if there's anything, any contrast uh, and comparison you can make. Because at the top of the episode, you mentioned uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of you know yeah. your favorite books. And she mentions mm -hmm. that the movie that she is showing him is To Kill a Mockingbird. Yep. Did you notice any correlation as to why she would use that a specific example of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So um, I had to do some digging on this because, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird is about Atticus Finch and his two children, Scout and Jem. And Atticus Finch is a lawyer and he's a very good lawyer. And he ends up defending um, uh, a black man that was wrongfully accused of rape. And it, the the whole town is kind of divided over this one case. And the case and the town is seen through the eyes of Scout, who is the younger daughter. Um, and the whole thing is about 
you know, good and and bad and right and wrong and and how we view uh, differences uh, through innocent eyes or our jaded eyes. But it, the book is magnificent. If you've never read the book before, which it's it's entirely possible that you know people don't read classics because they're classics. Please pick up this book. Pick up this book and read it. It is fantastic. It's a short read. You'll be done in a couple of days. Um, if if you're engaged in the story, you'll be done in a couple of days. But it it there is a reason why this is one of the uh, best books that's ever been written and considered to be one of the best books ever written. So. I think what it is is that the title comes from metaphor, which means that it's a sin to kill an innocent creature that is misunderstood. Um, so to me, is this innocent creature supposed to be Ben? Is he the misunderstood creature? Or are we talking about the broader scope of the episode and we're talking about Echo? Echo and Yemi. Yemi was a weaker creature and echo was somebody who was misunderstood because he was he sorry i'm not sure okay thanks <laughs> thanks alexa <laughs> <laughs> she just really needed to be in this episode um, special guest alexa i know that was oh, really strange oh, crap hold on mine's going to turn on now <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, there she, there she goes. Hey, 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 sister. Alexa, stop playing. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it was playing, but okay. <laughs> this episode not sponsored by Amazon. And if it is, please send us money. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what the hell mine um, started playing. <laughs> No, that was a very strange, strange thing. Okay, so getting back to my train of thought. So so Echo says at the, ah, I did it again. <laughs> no, I'm not talking to you. Um, so Yummy's brother. <laughs> uh, says at the end of the episode that, he is not asking for forgiveness because he's not seeking forgiveness because when he was a child, he killed somebody to save his brother. And since that moment, he has done what he has needed to survive, aka the cost of living, right? Mm. So you look at To Kill a Mockingbird and you see that that the that the innocent the innocent person in this episode is Echo. <laughs> and <laughs> It's going to be and, interesting um, talking about the rest of the conversation, the rest of the episode. I really, I, I should probably turn this thing off. I think if I just press this. <gasps> yep, I got it. Echo, echo, echo. Yep, I got it. All Don't right. worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had some really good thoughts about this, and Amazon has ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it gave us some great quality entertainment for the podcast. Yeah. Yay. So So anyways, I I guess my whole point is that the cost of living and to kill a mockingbird both kind of go hand in hand with each other because you can look at you can look at these two situations in 
in all aspects. Now, why it was injected in Jack and Juliet scene, I don't really know, other than maybe they're trying to set up that Ben is a misunderstood character. But I don't think that he's likable enough or we know enough about him yet to really make that correlation unless it's foreshadowing. I think that To Kill a Mockingbird goes more directly with Echo and Yummy's story and Echo dying ultimately um, as a misunderstood character that never really got the conclusion that he really deserved. So another kind of cool thing about the episode and the book is that... um, So both Lost and To Kill a Mockingbird explore the themes of division and difference between groups of people inhabiting the same place, meaning the others and the Losties, or in To Kill a Mockingbird's place, it is the racial division uh, of the town that Atticus Finch and its family live in during, during the time of this trial. And then the last thing that's really awesome, I think, and I actually didn't pick up on this, the wiki picked up on this, and I think that it's really, really cool. One of the most famous characters um, in To Kill a Mockingbird is Boo Radley. And anybody that has read the book or even heard about the book, they understand there is somebody named Boo Radley. And he's a very mysterious character uh, that doesn't really appear until um, until the end of To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, and if you haven't read it, I won't tell you in what capacity he shows up. But um, What's cool is that the correlation that is made in Lost Wiki is that both the book and Lost feature a dark and mysterious house, which is Boo Radley's house, that is inhabited by a strange creature, Boo Radley, or the smoke monster on the island. Interesting. Both both having very significant effects on the story. And I just thought that was a very, a very cool, um, albeit probably accidental, uh, correlation between the two. That's interesting. The the yeah. whole the whole smoke monster element being brought into it because that's yeah, that's uh, I see. This is why I'm glad I turned it over to you because I it I've read To Kill a Mockingbird, but I haven't read it since high school. Have you so seen the movie it, with Gregory Peck? I have not. It's so good. And neither has Jack. Put it on Benflix. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, Jack is stupid. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, Jack no, is no. wonderful. I'm, I'm I love Jack. Meaning, meaning he didn't get to watch it. He might have seen it sometime in his life, but he didn't get to watch it then because that's not what Julia. No, he was it. watching Love Actually instead. Exactly. He was watching Love Actually or <laughs> or a music video by either Bob Dylan or In Excess, depending on the way you look at it. <laughs> or he was watching uh, the Jimmy Fallon show while, while Jimmy Fallon did the letters in the background while of Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> it all oh. depends on what generation you're from. So. Our, our knowledge of pop culture is ridiculous. <laughs> the YouTube generation. Yay! If you haven't seen that video of Daniel Radcliffe doing that, the Ralphing, the it's rapping amazing. alphabet song, it's amazing. It's, God, I have so much new respect for Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, well, Blackalicious is my favorite rap group, my favorite hip hop group. So that's what that's a really great song. If you haven't listened to Blackalicious or any of their music, I I invite you to open your ears to a wonderful uh, alternative hip hop group in Blackalicious. Gift of Gab is uh, the MC of that group, and he is fantastic. It's so talented. 
I had never actually heard of them before that video. Um, and I'm very familiar with them now. Yeah, I, I've been a fan of them for a really long time. I Since I my San Francisco days, which was nice. far, far away time <laughs> ago. <laughs> but, you know, I, it, in everything that you mentioned about To Kill a Mockingbird and everything and all these comparisons that you that you make to it, you know, and you questioned whether or not it relates more to the Jack, Juliet and Ben of it all or the echo of it all. I think it probably could play a correlation into both, um, mm-hmm. you know, because when you first brought it up and you frost, you first brought up the whole, you know, people aren't people are mi- a misunderstood creature. The first thing that went to my head was Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because it, you like Ben. Well, not only that, but it, it if you've watched the series before and you know everything about Ben's character and how it plays out, it's very fitting. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, it's not. Um, what you know about Ben as a first time viewer this time around, it's not fitting at all. He's not misunderstood. Um, he's youth. What you know about Ben is that he's a sociopath. Yes. And that's all they've really shown you of his character at this point. Mm -hmm. It's not until after this surgery into next season that you start to see these different sides of this character. Right. Yeah. So it depends on how you look at it. If you look at the character of Ben as a whole, yes, he's very misunderstood. If you look at Ben of what you know to this point, he's not, and it doesn't apply to him at all. Right. And and, which is why I think it's a nice piece of foreshadowing for Ben and and what's to come with him. But I do think that it directs it. It's more directed towards the conclusion of Echo's character. Which is a really nice segue into talking about Echo. Well, before we do that, I, I want to bring up one other point um, about Ben and the surgery. Uh, it, it brings up a very interesting question to anybody who's really, uh, you know, really engrossed into the show as a first time viewer in that we see that son is able to get pregnant. John is able to walk. Rose is cancer free. Why is it that Ben is sick? I know. Well, I we know the answer to that question. I know, I know. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I know it. I I'm know just, the answer. <laughs> my I'm hand just is raised. You, like raising your hand really high. <laughs> my, my hand is raised actually. <laughs> like Hermione Granger in Harry Potter. Ooh. Yes. Um or Monica. Well, we know well <laughs> Well, I know, we know, I know. what the, we know what the answer is as a viewer. Uh, as I somebody know, who's but seen I know the series it. the whole time. Well, then just go ahead and tell us. Because he was born on the island. I know that. <laughs> I know, I just but I feel, you to get out of your I feel a lot better. <laughs> I just wanted you to, I felt like you needed to get that out of your system. I did. So. Which is why but, yeah, Aaron but, needs to leave the island. Yes, because he is susceptible to pretty much anything. Yep. But even leaving the island doesn't save you from that. It just means you're not, it just means you're immune from the island's healing abilities. But wait a minute. Hold on a second. Ben was not born on the island. Yes, he was born on the island. That's what he he said. No. No, he grew up on the island. He grew up on the island. He was not born on the island. Well, then. He came over with his father. He sold his soul to the black smoke monster. I don't know. Now I'm lost. Maybe. (laughs) Pun intended. Um. So yeah, so let's talk about the Echo story. 
um, of this because it is. <laughs> I'm so glad you said story at the end. Let's talk about the echo. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a device sold by Amazon. Uh, <laughs> that I've silenced. For, yes. For See, this mine, particular episode. Mine isn't triggered by Echo. So that's well, we why have mine hasn't many gone off. Throughout so our house. I. So we have I, Yeah. Well the one, I, I, the I, one that I have upstairs in my room is triggered by computer. And I was watching the one in my West, bedroom too. I was watching West Wing the other day and they were talking about some computer problem that they are having and it just kept going off. It's like, huh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, nobody's talking to you. It's it's one of the reasons why I will never watch Star Trek in my bedroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> anytime they ask the computer for something, my my Amazon Echo Dot goes off. So stupid. Oh, God, I we love technology and we hate it at the same time. But yeah, let, but let's talk about the Echo story of of this episode because it is. One of the last times I and I I want to say it is the last time because it I is don't the remember last if time. we ever see him again. We do not. Okay. He I, he does I'm, his name appears in the next episode in the credits, but I don't believe he's in it. He's not in it. Um, and yeah, I don't think his character ever returns. Uh, we, there are other characters that we see return. Obviously, we've seen Boone return. Um, you know, we do get to see Shannon and a, a majority of other people come back in this series in different ways. I think, yeah, I think this is one actor who we never see in this series again after this episode, which is rather unfortunate. Which is a shame. Yeah, I was just going to say it's a shame. He is one of my favorite characters of the entire series. I loved how just captivating he was. Even in his silence, um, he just had this drawing, he had this um, amazing ability to draw the viewer in. Uh, his story was complicated. It was woven together perfectly. I loved his backstory. I loved the fact that um, he was on this path of redemption without having it forced down our throat that that's what he was doing. We had to figure out for ourselves that he was on this path of redemption. Um, I mean, from the very first minute that Mr. Echo appears on screen in the second season, he had me until his last moment. I was... Even even when I watched it today, I mean, this is like maybe the fifth or sixth time I've seen this particular episode. I was crying at the end. I loved Echo. Yeah, I, so did I. I mean, he he's a very, as you mentioned, everything, you know, in addition to everything that you said, or not even in addition, just to sum it up, he's a, just a very complicated yet intriguing character. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and everything with his backstory, what we get with Yemi and... And all the way up until his last moments, uh, he leaves us. I mean, and even his final moment and his final words to Locke, he still leaves us with a mystery. You know, in you know, because he whispers words into Locke's ear, and it's so funny because rewatching this episode, it had been so long that I had seen this episode, and I was already so engrossed in the episode again that when he whispers his final words to Locke, I, there's a part of me, I couldn't remember whether or not we found out what those words were this week or we had to wait until the next episode. 
So when he's whispering those words to Locke, I'm like, I'm like, do we get to know? Like, do we get to, what did he say? What did he say? And then we find out like the words that he whispered to Locke are, you know, we're next. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Was that Echo or was that the smoke monsters talking through Echo? I don't know because we kind of, we re, we know that the smoke monster has spoken through Echo before, uh, you know, in a previous episode. So it's, or no, I'm sorry. They ha- he hasn't spoken through Echo. He's The smoke monster has spoken to Echo through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question. Well, the smoke monster was so prevalent in this episode. I mean, every single time Yemi appeared, we heard the smoke monster's noises in the background every time, you know? And it wasn't until, you know, that at that final face-off and that and that final showdown, which which was really interesting to me because he has stared he has stared down the smoke monster before and the smoke monster left. Mm-hmm. And this time, the smoke monster decided to kill him. Well, and I wonder, is that because do we think Echo... He was being uh, off the list? He was being scratched I, off the list? Well, I think this was in part uh, the first time somebody has failed the island's test. Uh, because I think that... And that's not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, with the exception of it leading to Echo's death, I think the island in some ways was finally testing Echo uh, to see if maybe he had become a different person than the person who he was that brought him to the island. And Echo didn't really change. I mean, that was one of the reasons why, you know, when he says, I'm I'm not going to confess because I didn't do anything wrong. Um Echo was, in essence, somebody who never really changed. He he really stayed true to the person he's always been. And that's not a bad thing. He it was he did bad things, but that didn't make him really in the total aspect of everything of everything. It was a bad person. I mean, we know that he became a um a mobster in Africa because it was protection of his brother. When he killed those men in the church, he was protecting Yemi's. He was protecting Yemi's church. He did bad things, but for good intended reasons, if that makes sense. He was misunderstood. Uh, he was misunderstood. He was a misunderstood creature. So I think in essence, the island was testing him to see if he could change to be a person who could protect the island. But maybe the island wasn't happy with the result. And this was the way of the island scratching him off the list. Yeah. I mean, did he really need to change though? No, I don't think he did. He was already a very protective person. Right. Every other person that has, been tested by the island has needed to be pushed into that direction. But Echo was never unsure about who he was or his motivations for what he did. Well, maybe it's more when it comes to the island itself and the tests that it throws at people, maybe it's not just a fact of, you know, somebody who can protect the island, but also an element of still needs to be controlled. And Echo is somebody who he couldn't control. There you go. Well, that that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, because when it comes to Locke, Locke could be controlled. The island could influence Locke to do what needed what it wanted to do. When it comes to Jack, there's an element of that as well. But when it comes to Echo, 
Echo just he was always going to be the person he was going to be. And the island wasn't couldn't influence him one way or the other. He was protective, but he couldn't be controlled. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why the island, again, just removed him from the list. And we find out that when the island removes you from the list, it removes you from this world. (laughs) I mean, that's that's pretty drastic. But <laughs> um, there was very there's another very interesting moment in that final in in Echo's final moments uh, with Jack or with uh, with Locke and Echo. Uh, in that we learn something very important as the viewer, we see the black smoke monster as a black smoke monster, but. When it comes to the people on the island, and this is something I didn't even really realize until this viewing of this episode, people on the island see the black smoke monster differently. They each see something different in that when Locke asks or uh, Echo what he sees, he says the black smoke. Locke saw the black smoke monster as a white light. So what does that say? about the true reality of the black smoke monster. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think that you're onto something there. That that that's a really interesting observation. I think Echo saw two different black smoke monsters. I think that the black smoke monster actually affected him and his arc the entire way through his journey on the island. I mean, to go from facing it down to talking to it as his brother to eventually being killed by it. And I read on the wiki that this is the first time that the black smoke monster has killed a character since the pilot. Since the pilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not, well, that could actually be taken both ways because the pilot is killed in the pilot. Um, <laughs> no, the pilot of the so, plane. <laughs> yes. But also, again, the pilot episode, too. So mm-hmm. it, it's a double meaning, but it works both ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the first time anybody has been killed from by the Black Smoke Monster, which, you know, again, is just one of those things that, you know, that it adds so much mystery to the Black Smoke Monster. Um, and I think I, it's another important thing to to point out too is that this is the second time a body has disappeared from the yep. island. Christian Shepherd. Christian Shepherd and now Yemi. Uh so it's interesting that anytime the black maybe it's maybe that the black smoke monster, whatever it is, needs to consume who it appears as. You know, maybe it had to consume the body of Yemi to oh, appear as Yemi. Oh interesting. Ooh, that's it had to consume it had to consume the body of Christian Shepherd to become and appear as Christian Shepherd. So did it? Cons- okay, I have a question, but okay. it's it's a big spoiler. <laughs> We're not above them. Oh right. Does that mean that it consumed John Locke? And if so, how? Um. Okay, maybe it. Oh, I don't know. That's an interesting question. No, Let's table. You know what? Let's table that until we get there. Yeah, because that that adds a very interesting element to the whole thing. I I love this show. I, know. I love any <laughs> I show that's too. a puzzle, man. I love a good puzzle. But 
I do. I I I do want to at least just say that um, I I do miss Echo. I I feel that his absence is felt uh, in the rest of the series. I'm not sure it was a good decision to get rid of him. To tell you the truth, I I just he was just way too interesting and captivating as a, of a character to just kill off. Yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, it uh, it makes me question: Was there something else around it? Like, did the actor request to leave the series, or you know? Because again, like anytime an actor is written off this show, they do return in some way, shape, or form. And he didn't. And he didn't. So it makes me wonder: Maybe there was more to it in that maybe he requested to leave, and that's why he never came back. Well, um, Adewale and Ningdigo. Okay, I really tried that time. You did. did. It- you did. And I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll give I, it to you. if you ever listen to this, I missed the shit out of you for the rest <laughs> of the series. I missed the shit out of you. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'm looking to see if maybe there was anything. How do you say his name? Um, now see, we've gotten. We've actually gotten either a message or a Facebook message. Um, See, there is an actual pronunciation on the Lost Wiki. Yay! What is it? It's... um, it's Was that math? Adewale, which I I was saying pronounce me. Okay. Akid Akid Noye. So I was saying that right. Akid no... Wait, what? Adewale. Yeah. Akid Noye. Akadnoye. Yeah. Adewale Akadnoye. Agbaje. Fuck. I'm so sorry. I know I've probably pissed off so many people by this, but (laughs) when I I can't get it right, I make jokes. And it's not, it's no disrespect to anybody or anything. I just, like, I, I love this actor. I love this actor. And if you've listened to this podcast enough, you know how much I love this actor and I love this character and I wish that he never left. But I can't fucking say his name. I can't. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I love you all. I can't do it. After a successful year of integration into the season two cast, Adewale asked to be written off the series after losing both of his parents in 2005. Oh, my God. I know, that's really sad. Uh, The producers offered him a role in the series finale, The End. However, he reportedly asked for more compensation compensation than he was offered. As a consequence, he did not appear in the finale. I would have given him my paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's really sad and unfortunate that that's why he, he left the series. But, I mean, it's... It says so much about him as a person, too, that, you know, obviously he puts family over career. So and that that speaks volumes about a person like that. I love him even more. So, um, yeah, I, I, apologies for I mean, I, oh, I've, I've straight his murdered his name for two seasons now. Yeah, I, I've been saying Aquino as his, as his, as the second name and it's Akinoye. Akinoye, 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 Adewale, Akinoye, Adewale, Akinoye. Yes. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So we got that right. Um, On his I last really, episode. I know. <laughs> hey, 
better late than never. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't I don't really I have one other note uh, that has nothing to do with anything we've spoken of so far. I got um, nothing. So, OK, uh, the only other note I have is meet Mikhail. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's who going to the- be who's going to be a real fucking bummer later this <laughs> later this season. <laughs> yeah, because he is um, the the never ending, the never dying character, apparently, uh, in that he's constantly returning after after we think the character is dead. And he ultimately leads to the death of one of our favorite characters before this season is over. And it's a, it's a real bummer. But um, we're finally we're this is the first appearance of him this episode. And all we and, see is that very ominous. Nikki. Yeah, which, uh, um, I, I another funny moment from that episode too was you know when Nikki brings up the whole why don't we just check some of these under monitors, and Locke's like, well, I'm feeling suddenly stupid. Yeah, like, uh, you know why what, did though? we not think of this? What a great way! What a great reaction, though. It, it's it's not prideful or anything like that. That's why I love Locke. He's like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it made Nikki feel good, you know? Like, she was a part of something that she helped. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Adewale so, Akinoye. There you go. Works out. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any other notes for the episode, too. Um. And I'm I'm going to make a full confession to all of our listeners. This is the first episode I went into with absolutely no notes. I shot completely from the hip this episode. And unless I told you that now, I don't think you would have ever noticed. I'm very yeah. proud of that. I think you did a really great job. And it helps that your uh, co-host was very prepared. <laughs> it does. It does. It's also one of the reasons why I turned it over to you with the To Kill a Mockingbird, because I didn't really get to research that much. So, but, you know, with that being one of your favorite books, I'm glad that you were the one that was actually able to kind of dive into that. A little bit. I love any literary reference because that's just kind of my jam. That's where, I mean, that, you know, for House Podcastica, for... um for the Game of Thrones podcast, I was very, very into the research aspect of the show. So it's nice when I get to dig back into that every once in a while with um, with the literary references that they do on Lost. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to take us on that journey of the Killer yeah, Mockingbird thanks. and thanks. the comparison. Read the book. Uh, Read the book. I really, I honest to, to God. It's been a while. It's so good. And it's such a quick read. It's easy. Read it to your kids if you have them. Read it to your dog if you have one. Read it to (laughs) Adewale Akinoye. Just call him. Read it to him. (laughs) Um. Akinoye. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess we can turn it over to some listener feedback this week, uh, in which we just have one. We have a voicemail from our buddy Steve, who always leaves us great voicemails every week. Um, but before we do that, obviously, if you want to leave us feedback, there are many ways that you can do that. Kind uh, of. First There's f- only like two. <laughs> So we keep we keep mentioning one and we don't use it. Uh, First and foremost, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. And once we get our password, we will be back on Instagram at lost revisited pod. 
you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address, or you can leave us messages on our phones if you have our telephone numbers. Yes. I'm looking uh, at you, Rachel. Uh, oh, God, yeah. She's ahead of us now. That's all right. I know. I know. <laughs> she got caught up, and now she just kept going. Well, because we took two weeks off. and I, I know. Um. Uh, but yeah, as we mentioned, we have that voicemail from our buddy Steve. So we'll go ahead and play that one now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and uh, this is for Cost of Living. Uh, you know, it was, it was sad to watch this episode knowing well, what was going to happen. Do you think the young Echo flashback with him and his brother getting the food, do you think that happened before or after he killed the man in the village? Um, just not sure... But I kind of want to think it was after, just kind of still showing us that he was willing to do anything for his brother. Mm. Uh, I was waiting for someone to shoot an arrow at Colleen's raft, but I guess they just lit it on fire. <laughs> um, the line, <laughs> you owe him one church, has always, like I, from the first time I saw this episode, I remember that line has always stuck with me. And uh, do you think it was the plan all along or did Ben adjust what he was going to do with Jack when he saw the x-rays? Because it just seems like you wouldn't leave those x-rays just hanging around. But maybe they were looking at him. Uh, Juliet's whole love actually card <laughs> show was, uh, was, was good and revealed some things to us that we didn't know. Uh, and uh, I laugh out loud every time uh, Paolo comes out of is that his name? Paolo? Pablo? It doesn't matter. It comes out of the, the bathroom. So, um, just some quick little notes here. And uh, the whole reveal of the fact that the, the smoke monster can basically take the form of a, of a dead body. We now know that's what, what was going on. So, uh, anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Uh, yeah, it's uh, thanks, Steve, for the, for the voicemail, as always. It's... Um, I thought about that, too, with the whole young Echo and Yemi. Did that happen before Yemi uh, killed the man for the guy, or did that happen afterwards? Like, what are your thoughts well, on that? Well, I think that when uh, Echo killed the, the guy, that they took him, and that was the end of that. That's what I thought I remember, too. I was always under the impression that it happened before. Uh, so, I don't know. I I did tear up when, in the final... In the final moments of the episode, it was um, Echo and Yemi arm in arm with a soccer ball walking, um, walking through their village or wherever they were. I thought that that was nice that both brother the, uh, as a indication that both brothers are now reunited. Yeah, I didn't even really pick up on that. Wow. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting all tongue-tied for a moment. I don't know why. Because so. Echo's gone, and it's sad. Yeah, it's and it's, it's unfortunate that we never do see him again for the rest of the series, but now knowing why, uh, it's completely understandable. It's completely understandable. I miss him. So I really um, wanted to watch his new show, but I only saw, like, the first episode. And then... It got removed from Benflix. Oh, 
because I just don't think I, I don't know if the show is still on. I don't think it lasted. Unfortunately. It's a bummer. Yeah. He's done a ton of, ton of other amazing stuff, though. He's amazing. Yeah. It's those eyes, man. I think it's just that. I, th- I think it's just the way he presents himself. Yeah. That really does it. I mean. If I know, was an actress, I would. He'd be at the top of my list to work with. That wow, that's an interesting question. Like what who Like I know who the one actor living or dead I I would have wanted to work with was and anybody who knows me knows who that answer knows Robin Williams. Answer. Robin Williams. Um living it would be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> anybody <laughs> who knows me now knows that answer. Um but yeah, that's that's an interesting question as to who like it, you would you would want to work with. Uh, if you were an actor, like who's the one actor you would want to work with? I might have to make a Facebook poll about that and post that <laughs> to our listeners. And, and Do let it. them, uh, yeah, and, and and let them answer on their own. Um, any th- any final notes or things you want to recommend to people before we we wrap this so- up? So. I am super late to the game on this. And I realize I am because when I suggest it to people, they look at me like I have three heads. So I know that I'm super late to the game on this, but I've recently started being in my car a lot more because I'm back at school and I'm starting training on this other thing. And I'm basically always in the car. And so I I needed a new podcast and one with a lot of episodes. And so I started a podcast called My Favorite Murder. And a lot of people know about it. And I (laughs) realize I'm super late to the game on this. But it's really, really good. And it's creepy and it's horrible. And I love it. Um, You know, the girls' voices at times... I am from Southern California, um, so it's very reminiscent of people I used to hang out with all the time. And so at times, it very much grates me, but I love the material, and I think that they're really likable uh, hosts. Um, If you're one of the four people that has never listened to my favorite murder (laughs) like me, then I suggest that you want that that you listen to it. But if not, then just know that I have joined your um your bandwagon and I didn't really know about it until a couple weeks ago. So I have I've never heard it. Uh, I am very well uh, very aware of it. I've heard it mentioned before. Um, but I'm not familiar with its format. Is it a true crime? Podcast? It's true crime. It's okay. basically these two girls that met at a party and I guess they both realized that they were huge fans of uh, murder. Just murder. and Like you are. Right. Well, and they were talking about murder and they noticed that it was just them at the party and everybody else had like fallen away because they all got <laughs> creeped out except they were like feeding off of each other. So they decided to start a podcast and um, they start off with their favorite murder in the first episode and they talk about John Benet Ramsey and that kind of hooked me in because they knew all this extra stuff that I had never really known about. And then I realized, wow, these girls really know what they're talking about. And, you know, it's just like two friends that are on the couch and they're talking to each other about 
um, you know, their favorite murder. And then they start having topics um, every week just so that they can, so that it's not like this willy nilly, like I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. Like the last episode that I, and I'm only like 10 episodes in, um, but the last, one of the last episodes that I listened to, they talked about um, the exorcist and they talked about poltergeist and just kind of like all the freaky murdery stuff. Like I didn't know that the exorcist actually had a serial killer uh, in it. In the in the movie? Yes, in the movie. I seriously, it like it's filled with some really interesting. I don't know. I I I find myself like really looking forward to my car rides now because I get to listen to this to this podcast that everybody except me seem to know about. So anyways, uh, that's what I'm doing. All oh, right. and I just recently started Fargo, the oh. TV show, first season. And and I'm excited because uh, of some of the casting for the next season. Uh, Timothy Oliphant has been cast in the next season. Yeah, which I, I just love. saw that. Well, I right now I'm watching the first season and like it seems like they stuck everybody they could think of in it. Like Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. Well, yeah. Are you kidding me? Who yeah. knew? Who and knew? Just wait, and, and just Colin wait for the second season. Oh, I heard that Kirsten Dunst is really good in the second season. Yep. And so. for anybody who's a fan of, um, of uh, like uh, Ash versus Evil Dead and Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell has a very minor role in one of the seasons of Fargo too, which is actually the one reason why I watched it. Oh, cool. And then, and then ended well, up like Billy Bob Thornton is fantastic in this. It's like, you know, did you see the, the movie, uh, no country for old men? Of course yes, you did. I yes, I have. Um, so what's his name that played the killer? Oh, he I won did, an yeah. award for um, it. Um, Harvey, M uh, Har uh, Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem. Yes. He was, he was so, uh, he was so engaging. And that's how I feel about Billy Bob Thornton in this, is that he's so engaging. Like, he hardly talks. But when he does, you're just like, like every time he's on the screen, Dave and I are like, oh, what's he going to do? Something's going to happen. If Billy Bob Thornton is here. Something's going to happen. It's really, it's fun. <laughs> so. Um uh, uh, Bruce Campbell appears in season two of Fargo. And it's it's a it's he's only in two episodes. One of them he's a voice, and then the second one you actually see him. Uh, Billy as Bob this Thornton. Character. No, no, no. Uh, Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yes. Um, I will tell you. No, I won't tell you who it is. I'll wait until you get to season two and and let you watch it and figure it out. Um, okay. But yeah, um, Ted How Danson. Ted Danson is fantastic in Fargo. Okay. Um. I am uh, my recommendation for this week is actually another podcast on uh, the next level podcast network, which is where you can hear this podcast. Uh, my friend Rob and I, who do the DC primetime podcast, actually started a new limited run podcast. We just um, we've been releasing every week for the past two weeks, and we're only doing nine episodes of this podcast. Uh, third episode will actually be released. It's releasing today, the day we're recording. So by the time you're hearing this, it just released yesterday. Uh, it's called Still Afraid of the Dark. And Oh, is, you said that you were going to do that. Cool. Yes. And it is a podcast on family-friendly horror and Halloween. 
And our first episode chapter, we're calling them chapters. So nine chapters. Chapter one was um, scary stories to tell in the dark. So we talked about the book series and we talked about the film. Chapter two was uh, the tale of Sleepy Hollow. So we talked about the 1999 Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow and the 1949 Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And this past episode that was just released yesterday uh, is the tale of unfinished business in which we talked about Casper, the the 1995 movie Casper and the 1985 classic Ghostbusters. So we have different friends on with us every week. But the coolest thing about it, too, is that uh, every episode we have a signature drink and they're created by Rob, who is a home mixologist. So in addition to the drink that we are enjoying while we're recording, we are releasing a video as well on what you need to make the drink and how to make it. Oh, my gosh, Ben, this is so cool. What a great idea. So uh, the first drink uh, that we did, chapter one, with um, with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was a drink called The Red Spot, in which uh, Rob made up. Last week with Sleepy Hollow was The Van Tassel. This week uh, is Ecto Cooler. And oh, let, me tell cool. you, let me tell you, there is not a drop of high C Ecto Cooler in it, but it tastes exactly like Ecto Cooler. Very uh, cool. Rob is an awesome mixologist. So we have upcoming chapters. I know one of the chapters that we're doing next uh, over the next couple of weeks is uh, 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 the Tale of Witches, which we're talking about the 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 fat the kids movie, The Witches, with Angelica Houston, and of course Hocus Pocus. And our drink for that week is we are doing three champagne drinks, all of them, each one related to a different sister. From Hocus Pocus. Oh, I love it. So my yeah. kids love that movie, by the way. I love Hocus Pocus. I yeah. love the movie too. We so watched you, it way too many times last year. If you want to check out this podcast, which I highly recommend, again, it's only going to be nine episodes uh, and it's going to wrap up. They come out every Thursday leading up to Halloween. So Halloween night will be chapter nine, uh, which will be the final chapter. So if what are you, you going to cha- cover for that? Uh, we're doing the Adams family. Nice for Halloween. Yeah. So you go, buddy. Upcoming upcoming chapters are um, we're doing the tale of Jack in which we talk about ghost um, goosebumps and a house with a clock in its walls. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're doing the witches, as I mentioned, which is the witches and hocus pocus. We are doing. um, uh, Oh, uh, monsters in which we're talking about monster squad and young Frankenstein. Uh, puppets, which we're talking about Legend and Labyrinth. And then we're doing uh, the animated features, which we're talking about Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. uh, And we already have plans. We already have ideas for what we're going to do for next year when we do this again. So again, limited run. If you want to check it out, the, the videos and the audio of the podcasts are on the Facebook page facebook.com slash the next level network and then if you want to subscribe to the podcast which i we obviously i encourage you to do uh go to neck go to the next level network.com slash still afraid and that's the the show page for the podcast uh but yeah we've been having a blast talking about these movies and doing these drink videos and enjoying these drinks it's been a ton of fun oh that's so awesome so uh but i think that's gonna wrap it for yeah, this man. episode of the podcast. 
Atawale Akinoye. They close enough. Ugh. I think that was right. I think you were actually right. I don't have the pronunciation. I'm just proving I'm just proving that I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> we take your word for it, proof positive. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but as always, thank you uh, uh, again. Thank you for the kind words. Well, you know, when Kristen was going through the hurricane and, you know, for saying that you missed us, we're so happy to be back. Uh, hopefully nothing else comes up to keep us from doing this again. Uh, I'm sure there'll be works weeks we miss here and there, but hopefully not for a while. Next week. Oh, my God. I almost forgot to bring this up. Uh, next week, season three, episode six. I do the episode that I love to hate because of the way it ended and, and the then writer's having, strike and then having to wait through the writer's strike for the show to come back for anybody that's too young to remember the writer's strike the writer's strike was one of the single most horrible things to happen to anybody that loves tv back it when ended it happened shows it it totally it did prison break zero favors yeah it, it ended TV series because they weren't able to come back from the time missed. I mean, yeah, it's, that was it's, the writer's strike was a big deal, you know, and a lot of people scratch up to some of the later seasons of Lost being, you know, and not as good to the writer's strike, too. And, and I can absolutely see that. But I was still a fan of, you know, the show all the way through. Obviously, yeah. we're recording about it every week. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so next week I do, uh, which is a big episode. And again, leading ended with a cliffhanger that we had to wait months before we would find out anything else and what the hell was going to happen. So, uh, but again, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, sending us the feedback, all that you guys do. But until next week, we will see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Atawale Akinoye. Expecto Patronum. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!